Happy Wednesday! You're listening to Mama Murdered a Podcast. I'm your host, A.B. This week on Mama Murdered a Podcast, we'll be covering the case of Orin and Orson West. They were adopted by what everybody thought was a super nice couple after they were removed from their birth mother's custody. Shortly after this, her rights were taken, but it wasn't long after both boys were adopted that they vanished from their backyard at just three and four years old. And we're all here for one thing and one thing only, so let's get it. Orrin West was born on August 4th, 2016, and Orson West was born on June 11th, 2017. And both boys lived in Bakersfield, California with their birth mom, whose name's Ryan Dean. And their birth dad's name was Charles Pettis. Now, the boys were originally named Classic and Sincere Pettis. But when they were taken away from their birth parents and placed into foster care and later adopted by a couple that also lived in Bakersfield, California, they were renamed Orrin and Orson. Orrin was originally named Sincere Pettis, spelled with a C, which I think is adorable, and Orson West's name was originally Classic Pettis. Those were the names given to them by Brian Dean and Charles Pettis, who were their birth parents. All seemed to be going well with their birth parents until sometime in 2018 when their birth mom, Ryan, came home from work and she noticed that baby Orrin was crying and their birth mom, Ryan, says that Orrin was crying in a way that made her kind of worried. It wasn't like a normal cry that she was used to hearing, so she took him to the emergency room, which is what you do when something happens to your baby. When the birth mom, Ryan, got Warren to the hospital, she was informed that Ryan's femur bone was broken and twisted in a way that looked a lot like abuse. And Orrin was only about a year old, possibly a little bit older, but I couldn't find an exact date for the hospital visit. After finding out that Orrin's femur bone was twisted and broken, both boys were removed from Ryan's care and placed into a foster home. But the boy's birth mom claims that she was at work when the femur bone was broken and that when she got home, she noticed the cry. She took him to the emergency room. So my question, as I've always followed this case, is always been, who was watching the boys while Ryan was at work? And why is this never mentioned in relation to this case? Both boys were placed in the same foster home with their foster parents, Trezell and Jacqueline West. Now, Trezell and Jacqueline West had four older kids that also lived in the house, and two of the kids that the couple had were already adopted, and the other two were their biological kids, so that brings their total to six kids in one house, which seems insane to me. I have two, and that is plenty. The boys were only in the foster house with the West family for a few months, when their birth mom, Ryan, wasn't allowed to see them anymore after around Christmas time in 2018. And even though I was able to find things that their birth mom, Ryan, said that she did every parenting class that the state required, and she complied with everything that the state asked her to do in order to get her kids back. Though I'm not sure how true this actually is, and even though she claims to have done everything that the state required of her in order for her to get both of her kids back, Her rights were terminated in 2019, and the boy's biological dad, Charles, voluntarily signed his rights over from my understanding. And it didn't take long for the West family who was fostering both of the boys to officially adopt them and welcome them to their family in 2019. 
This is when Trezell and Jacqueline West renamed the boys Orrin and Orson. Trezell and Jacqueline lived with their now six children in a small apartment in Bakersfield, California. Orson West was the youngest of the couple's six kids, and Orrin was the second youngest. The boys both liked to draw, they liked to be outside, and it seems like Orrin was especially artsy and had a love for music even at a young age. From what I could find, the apartment complex where the West family was living, the biggest apartment that was available to rent was only about 1,300 square feet, which is about the same size as my house, and me and my husband only have two kids, and I feel like we're pretty crowded and cramped a lot of the time. So I'm not sure how the heck they were able to live in this apartment with two adults and six kids. But however crowded it might have been, they managed to make it work for a little over a year before they were able to buy their dream home in California City, California. They bought this house in September 2020, right during the COVID pandemic, and this was about 70 miles from where they had been living in the apartment in Bakersfield, California. It was a three-bedroom house at about 1,800 square feet, so this house was at least a little bit bigger than the apartment they had been living in previously, and the house did have a pretty big fenced-in backyard, so I guess that worked for them and made the buy worth it. It seems as though the move was exactly what the family needed and that everything was going pretty normally, and as the holidays approached, tragedy would strike the West family house, and it struck only days before Christmas. On December 21st, 2020, Trezell was outside gathering firewood and Orrin and Orson had been told to go play outside with chalk while Jacqueline was trying to wrap some of the kids' Christmas gifts and Trezell was outside gathering firewood. So Trezell was outside with both of the boys. The family's older four kids weren't home on this day. They were actually visiting with their grandma back in Bakersfield. So they only had the two smaller kids to hide the unwrapped gifts from. But I still find it so freaking weird that the grandma only had four of the six kids. Normally, grandparents are willing to take all the kids just to spoil them. And I wish I had an explanation for this as to why she only kept four of them, but I don't. The only thing I can think is maybe they don't want to, like, overwhelm grandma with, you know, six whole kids. That's a lot. But regardless of the reasoning, back at the West House, Trezell was carrying armfuls of firewood inside the house and then back outside to get more when he noticed that Orrin and Orson weren't in the fenced-in backyard with him anymore. Trezell goes back inside of the house to see if maybe the boys had wandered back inside. It was getting dark outside and the temperature was starting to drop. It was about 50 degrees Fahrenheit at this point, but the low was set to be as low as 30 degrees later that night. But when he went back inside, they weren't inside the house either, and Jacqueline tells Trezell that she had never seen them come back in. The sun was set to go down at 4.44 p.m. that night, and I googled this because I kept reading that it was getting dark, it was getting dark, but at the time of the 911 call, it was around dinner time, and I was just wondering why it would be getting so dark so early in the evening. So I'm off of the time and darkness tangent. I'm sorry, we're back at the West House now. Trezell and Jacqueline searched around their house to make sure that the boys weren't inside hiding or to make sure that they hadn't overlooked the boys in the first place when they noticed that, that, you know, that they had been missing. But after they looked around their house and there hadn't been any sign of the boys inside the house, Trezell went back outside to the backyard to look around again. 
And this is when he says that he noticed that he had accidentally left the gate to the backyard open. So, you know, naturally their panic starts to set in at this point. Now is probably a good time to mention that the neighbor that shares the backyard privacy fence with the West House had a surveillance camera system in place. Luckily, this neighbor did turn all of their surveillance footage over to police, and it was eventually uploaded to YouTube for people to watch. So we actually have some kind of timeline of when the boys went missing on video, which is how we know a lot of this. Trezell gets into his van from the passenger side door and climbs over to the driver's seat, and he kind of sits there and lets the van warm up, which that's strike two. Why are you climbing in through the passenger seat? And if you're panicked about your two young kids missing, why are you letting your van warm up and not just driving tire squealing out of the yard? Regardless, Trezell pulls out of the driveway and rides around the neighborhood a few different roads, and he speaks to a few different neighbors to see if they saw anything. And any and all of the neighbors that Trezell spoke to that night did not see the boys at all. So when he gets back to the house, he tells his wife, Jacqueline, that it's time to call 911, that they don't need to waste any more time, which is probably a good call. The 911 call came in at 5.43 p.m. on December 21st, 2020, and police were on the scene within like 10 to 13 minutes, which is really good for a response time. By the time that Trezell and Jacqueline called 911 to report the boys missing, they had only been gone for about 15 or 20 minutes at this point. So, police automatically start searching on foot in the surrounding neighborhood and areas. Naturally, it didn't take long before the neighbors were out and volunteering to help look for a three- and four-year-old boy. And since the boys had only been missing for about 15 or 20 minutes at the time that the West couple called the police, the police were probably pretty optimistic about finding them because they're out on their own. I mean, they're three and four. They, they can't really go far. But they were next to the desert, and the temperatures were dropping every minute that they were out searching. After no sign of the boys was found and the boys weren't located, the search was expanded to further areas. They brought in helicopter, search dogs, infrared thermal imaging cameras, and the search for Orrin and Orson continued. The FBI was brought in to help with the investigation, and the Bakersfield police would eventually take the case over since Bakersfield had a much bigger police department. The California City Police only had between 10 and 15 officers in their entire department. And it just kind of made sense that the boys had originally been from Bakersfield in the first place. Even after their adoption, they still lived in Bakersfield before the West couple bought the house in California City. And when the scent dogs were brought in, the dogs did pick up on Orn and Orson's scent inside the house, but the dogs couldn't find their scent anywhere around the house. And this kind of begs the question, how were their scents inside the house but not picked up in the yard in the surrounding area of the West family house? They had to have been outside at some point or another. It just doesn't seem plausible. But still, even after all of these search efforts, absolutely nothing was found that linked back to Orrin and Orson's sudden disappearance. Neighbors said during interviews that search teams and police were out searching into the night that the boys vanished up until after midnight and that they started searching first thing again the very next morning. Neighbors also said that they had been outside of their own houses and in their own yards when the boys went missing, but none of the neighbors actually saw the boys outside at any point that evening, so this is just not a good look. 
Trezell and Jacqueline, the adoptive parents, were almost immediately criticized for not being out and helping with the search of both boys, but when asked about it, they both claimed that the police told them to stay inside and stay put. And I know that this is something that happens sometimes for various different reasons. For example, if the boys were hiding inside the house and finally came out and nobody's there. Or if they did possibly wander off and get out of the gated backyard, maybe they got lost and managed to find their way back home, you know, they, they would want the parents there if the boys came back. But I will say I have two kids of my own. If one of them was missing, there isn't a police officer alive that would be able to keep me inside of my own house. Luckily, though, like I mentioned earlier, the neighbor that shared the backyard privacy fence to the West family house did have a surveillance system, and it does show that from 4.12 p.m. to 4.18 p.m., you can kind of see Trezell standing close to the back of the fence of the gate that's located in their backyard. He says that this was the time that he was picking up the firewood. And even if Orrin and Orson were in the backyard with him like he claims... You wouldn't be able to see them because they're tiny and you wouldn't see them over the privacy fence. You can actually only see Trezell's head in the video of him bending down and standing back up for those six minutes that he was quote-unquote collecting firewood. Something else that's just noteworthy is that on the day that the boys went missing, there is absolutely no footage from the neighbor's recorded security system that shows another person entering or exiting the West family gate in the backyard. Something else that you won't find on that security system is that Jacqueline never comes outside to help look for the boys at any point during that day. You can clearly see Trezell at least making some kind of really slack attempt to pretend to look for the boys, but you never see Jacqueline come out of the house at all. You can also see on the neighbor surveillance footage that after Trezell gets back from riding around the block, that he kind of just stands in the front yard until police show up. He doesn't seem panicked. He doesn't seem to be checking their own property or the two empty lots on both sides of their house to see if maybe he overlooked them. He's not checking the surrounding yards, the neighbor's yard. He's just kind of standing there like he's waiting on an Amazon package that he's really excited to get, which seems a little odd to me. If two of your six kids are missing, you would seem panicked. But anyways, we'll continue. While all of these search efforts were going on back in Bakersfield, the boy's birth mom, Ryan Dean, is just now finding out that her two children are missing, and she actually finds this out by a news station, which is horrifying. And let's just remember, this is not a mom that volunteered to give her kids up for adoption. They were kind of taken from her and just never given back, which is not what the CPS system is designed to do. Ryan Dean actually ends up driving from Bakersfield, California to California City where the West family lived. And while Trezell and Jacqueline went on a local news station to speak to the public on December 23rd, the boy's birth mom, Ryan, was right behind them with a statement of her own to the public, which I'll play both of those clips now for you. So first, I'm going to play Jacqueline and Trezell's interview that they gave to the police on December 23rd, two days after the boys were reported missing. It was cold. I was going to make a fire. It's a lot of wood in this area right here next to our house. I opened up the back gate. I'm throwing wood, bringing it inside the house. My wife's inside. She was actually wrapping gifts, so we thought it was a good idea. And they got our youngest two inside. Play with chalk on the back patio. Do not let them go on the dirt in the backyard. Keep them close. Let's play with chalk. 
came to the house, saw them there, went in the house, came back out, I didn't see them there. I immediately went back in, asked my wife, did you see boys? She said, no, they should be outside playing chalk. I said, well, I didn't see them, so I came back outside and I started searching my backyard. I searched the whole thing. I realized that I left the gate open and I panicked, came inside the house, searched the house with my wife. Once that had to get out, I got in the van, I looked down the street, both directions, it was getting dark, getting cold. I got in the van and I hit a bunch of corners. I went down this street, I turned my light on, I searched, I searched, I called their names. Talked to a gentleman on the street on the other side over there and I didn't see him. So then I came home and I told my wife, we need to call the cops. It's getting dark and I need help. We gotta get going. So I called the cops. Cops came. First thing they did was tell us to stay in the house so they could get a hold of us. And they had us just sitting there and we wanted to keep searching. But everybody came out in droves. And I wanted to thank you guys that night, but we couldn't go outside. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories. A paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9pm Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. So again, that was Orrin and Orson's adoptive parents, Trezell and Jacqueline West, recounting the day that the boys went missing on December 21st. Now I'm going to play you the clip of Orrin and Orson's birth mom, Ryan, and what she had to say. And again, this is two days after the boys were reported missing, and their birth mom has just found out. She met my two kids out in the backyard because she didn't want them to see the gifts. But you didn't let the other kids out. Where were the other kids? Why my two just go back there? <laughs> At night, she said it was dark. And it's cold right now, so I know it was cold then. So I don't believe it. So when did she tell you this? Where were you when she told you this? I just came here 45 minutes when nobody was here. 45 minutes to an hour, and we knocked on the door. And it took them a minute to come, and he came out. And he want to say he's sorry and all that. I just don't feel in my heart that it's something. They're not. (laughs) Do you have a relationship with these parents? I don't know them. I don't know them. They did something. I feel like they did something and they know something. They did something. And I feel my kids is somewhere around here. I can feel it. And I feel like they're in the house, and I feel like they did something. And as far as the boy's birth mom, Ryan, goes, I have those same questions. Why were her two the only two that weren't allowed to visit their grandparents? And why would they make a three- and four-year-old go outside when it's obviously cold out? But even though Ryan did say that she didn't know this couple, she did go straight to pointing the finger directly at them. And I feel like there's a good possibility that Ryan's motherly instincts kicked in and she felt like she already knew that the couple had done something with her kids or maybe that she got some kind of vibe from them that you wouldn't be able to feel without just being there. 
I also feel like this may be a pretty normal reaction from a mom that didn't want to put her kids up for adoption. And Ryan even says that she doesn't have a criminal record, that she's never been in trouble with the law, she's never been to jail, and that she comes from a good family with good morals. She says that she has a job, a home, and a means of transportation, and a way and a job to be able to provide for the kids in any way that they may want or need. Which brings me to my next point. This was a super quick process, and this kind of process usually takes years and years to happen, at least in North Carolina and South Carolina, that I know of for sure. Normally, CPS or Child Protective Services doesn't just take your kids and let someone else adopt them without a course, you know, within the course of just a year or two, especially if she did finish her parenting classes and the things of that nature that she later claims that she did. And I have read in a few places where people kind of speculate that maybe somebody in the West family worked at CPS or had connections with someone that was able to kind of push this process through a lot more quickly than normal, but I couldn't find that as actual fact, so that's just speculation. But while I'm on the topic of CPS, it's probably a good time to mention that the four older kids of Trezell and Jacqueline were removed from their custody on December 22nd which was just the day after Orrin and Orson were reported missing. And even though the police chief, John Walker, said that the couple was cooperating with the investigation, but the police had to have suspected these parents at this point of something, or you would think that they would at least let the older four kids stay with their grandma where they had been, or maybe even with a different family member or family friend, but they didn't. They removed the kids from Jacqueline and Trezell's care altogether. And around this same time that the boy's birth mother, Ryan, and Trezell and Jacqueline had given their first interview to police, and as the days and the searches progressed, people started asking, if the boys were outside playing with sidewalk chalk, then where were the sidewalk chalk drawings? And I found in a few different articles something that may clear this up. From my understanding, the West family dog was actually named Chalk, so that could explain why there aren't any drawings on the back patio. And during the first interview that Trezell and Jacqueline did, they said that the police had taken their cell phones and other electronic devices to use for evidence, but the same day, the police and FBI came out to the West family house to dig in the backyard in search of evidence. Y'all, this happened the very next day after Orrin and Orson were reported missing that the FBI and police were out digging their backyard up. Everything in this case happened so, so fast, from the adoption process to the investigation, to pointing fingers at who you may think did what in this case. But the police were still out searching every single day, and the community was right there with them. People from the community that didn't even know the family and had never even met the kids were dropping off Christmas gifts to the West family front door, handing out missing person flyers, and, I mean, even driving miles and miles from their home to help search for the boys. But scent dogs weren't the only dogs brought in during this investigation and search. They also brought in cadaver dogs. And Police Chief John Walker tried to reassure the public that they were doing everything possible to try to find Orn and Orson. And for once, this is legit. This is actually what's happening. The police did not screw this case up by any means. Police Chief John Walker was quoted saying, quote, We have looked everywhere possible in a house you could have possibly looked. We brought in search dogs, cadaver dogs, any dog you can think of has been in that house and has not found any kids anywhere in the home, end quote. So again, this is not a good look. 
And at first, it was said through interviewing the neighbors that none of the West family neighbors had ever seen any of the West family six kids, which is kind of alarming, and it almost seems kind of impossible. Just because kids are normally rowdy, rambunctious, always outside, in and out, at least at my house, we cool the whole outside where the doors open and shut all day. But this would later be cleared up by Police Chief John Walker. He did make sure to clear up the rumors by saying that police did eventually find some neighbors that had seen a, seen some of the West Family kids. But I also wish someone would clear up whether or not the neighbors had seen all six of their kids or just a few of them or just one of them or, you know, how many kids could the neighbors confirm lived in that house. And none of the neighbors were able to distinctly identify either one of the boys as being kids that they had seen, you know, in the yard at the West House. And Jacqueline and Trezell and their six kids supposedly moved into this neighborhood in September. And Orrin and Orson went missing the same year in December. So three months of living there and none of the neighbors could identify the boys, which also seems weird to me. The last person that was confirmed to see the boys alive, aside from Trezell and Jacqueline, were the boys' adoptive grandmother, and she couldn't even give an exact date or time of the last date or time that she saw the boys was, which, again, is not a good look. And as I started looking into different things that neighbors that lived on the immediate sides of the West family, I found the video on YouTube that I mentioned earlier that was from the neighbor surveillance camera that had been uploaded. And it was from December 19th, 2020, so only two days before Orn and Orson were reported missing. And in this video, you can see Trezell and Jacqueline loading up the kids into their van, and it, it's kind of assumed that this is the time that Trezell and Jacqueline told police that they took all six of their kids to Bakersfield to go Christmas shopping, and that while they were in Bakersfield, the four oldest kids decided to stay with their grandma which seems like a completely believable thing that could happen, except for one small detail. In that footage of the couple loading up the kids into the car, you only see four kids and not six. And I may be going out on a limb here, but in that video, you don't actually see Orin or Orson getting into the family van. And if they were somehow with their parents and not caught on that security camera, then I still have a problem with how long it took them to load the kids up into the car. There is no way possible in the time frame of that video that they were able to safely strap two kids aged three and four into the back of their van. Neither Trezell or Jacqueline were leaned over the seat long enough to be strapping toddlers into a car seat. And when the West is shown coming back in from their trip, there are no kids with them. Again, not a good look. Trezell and Jacqueline said that they took all six kids with them and that the oldest four decided to stay with Grandma and Orn and Orson were supposedly going home with them, but no kids are actually with the couple when they get home in that video. Maybe they got a sitter, maybe a family friend kept them, but keep in mind that Bakersfield is 70 miles from their home in California City and they had only been there three months, so I feel like they probably didn't trust anybody that they had met there enough to keep their kids, I would assume. And after this video was made public, that's about the same time that the public that had been helping this couple look and search for their boys just a few days earlier kind of pulled a ride in the Capitol building type of mob on the West family. 
it kind of seemed like everybody that was following this case were all looking for the same thing. Everybody wanted some kind of proof, actually any kind of proof, that the boys had actually ever been in that California City house at all. Like I said before, both boys' scent was picked up inside the house, but they weren't able to find either one of the boys' scents outside the house. Now, their scents could have easily been picked up inside the house off of clothes, bedding that the boys had previously slept on or used, but why couldn't they find their scents outside? Especially if they lived there, and even if they had been carried to the car or walked to the car or even walked outside playing in the yard at any point in the recent times, those dogs would have been able to pick up that scent. But there was no scent of either boy outside of that house at all. The couple's van was taken by police and tested with luminol for any blood, but the luminol testing came back and there was no blood found in the West family van. Trezell and Jacqueline West were forced to leave their house and they had to go stay with various family members and friends in Bakersfield, where they had lived previously before they bought this house in California City. People had turned on the West family, and they turned hard. People were staking huge flyers in the front yard of the West family house with the words, Where are the boys? written on them. And Trezell and Jacqueline claimed that they started receiving death threats and threatening phone calls, but it wasn't just them. Some of Trezell and Jacqueline's family that didn't even live in the same state as them were getting death threats and threatening phone calls too. And this is when signs started popping up all over California City that also said, where are the boys? Neighbors were throwing rocks through the window of the West family house where the boys had lived and eventually went missing. And it got so bad that Trezell and Jacqueline actually had to stop going back to that house and reaching out to the public in interviews at all. The searches didn't stop, though. The police were still searching in California City where the West family lived with the boys when they went missing, but they were also searching in Bakersfield where the family had previously lived before buying the house in California City. Police Chief John Walker claimed that both Trezell and Jacqueline had to stop going into the house in California City altogether except to grab a few essential items here and there, and since Trezell and Jacqueline had never started joining search efforts after the community had you know, poured their hearts into finding these two boys, the community now wanted their heads on a stick. Police were still searching dump sites and anywhere that small bodies might be able to hide or be placed because at this point it had been a few months and the odds were slowly stacking up against the boys being found alive. From what I could find, there are only one or two pictures of Orrin and Orson that were given to the public by Trezell and Jacqueline to help within the search efforts. The boys' birth mom, Ryan, sent out pictures that she had of the boys to try to help in the search efforts, but since she hadn't seen them since December 2018, those pictures weren't really up-to-date and accurate as to what the boys would have looked like when they actually went missing. And even though the police had asked Trezell and Jacqueline to stay inside of their house during the first day or so of the search for the boys, they never, ever went outside and helped look for those kids. There were people in the community that had never met the family and never met the kids, that were driving hours and hours a day to help search for them, but their own parents weren't, this wasn't adding up. A local California marijuana dispensary was the first business to come forward to help with reward money. And after the dispensary, other small businesses and people in the community tried to help pitch in and help with reward funds as well, and the reward funds were actually upwards of $150,000. And this was right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, 
And a lot of the people donating money had been out of work for weeks or even months at this point. And a lot of the local businesses that were donating to this reward fund hadn't even been open for business, yet people were still pulling money out of their own pockets in hopes that a reward would help find the boys or at least lead to more tips. Ryan Dean, who was the boys' birth mom, and her extended family held prayer vigils every month that the boys didn't return home. But this just makes me wonder even further, where were all these family members when the boys were originally taken from Ryan by CPS when the injury and claim of child abuse came about? The boys' biological dad, Charles, did an interview saying that he wouldn't stop until his kids were back home and found. But this is the same man that voluntarily signed his parental rights over when the boys were taken from their mom, Ryan, and placed into the foster care system and placed with the West family to begin with. I'm not parent-shaming, but let's not pretend to care about things if we really don't care about them. I'm not saying that he didn't love his kids, but he didn't care enough to be able to take them or find a family member to help take them when Ryan couldn't, or he could have at least fought for his rights when it came time to sign them over. Which brings me to my next point. Charles Pettis, who is the boys' biological dad, and his mom, so the boys' grandma, filed a lawsuit against Kern County Child Protective Services in January of 2022. They're claiming that CPS acted negligently when the boys were removed from their birth mom's care. Basically, this lawsuit is saying that the boys hadn't been in their parents' care when the abuse claim had actually happened when Oren's leg injury happened, which started the CPS investigation. And that Charles's mom, Brenda, who was the boys' biological grandmother, had actually tried to take the boys into her care while CPS did their investigation. But her right to do so was refused, and the boys were then placed with Trezell and Jacqueline West. Which is normally something that would happen in a case like this, Normally, CPS tries to keep the kids with a family member until the investigation is done, and the end goal is always family reunification. That doesn't seem to be the case with Orrin and Orson. Charles and his mother, Brenda, lost this lawsuit, sadly. But with all of these facts that just didn't add up about the parents, their reaction, and the fact that they never regained custody of their other four kids is telling, like I mentioned before. And after police chief John Walker made a public statement about the other four kids being removed from the West custody, saying that this was a pretty normal thing to happen when something happens to one child in the home, all of the other children would likely be removed from the home, which I can tell you is actually not how that normally happens, so this seems to be a lie. And with all the different things not adding up, and after multiple search warrants to the West House, multiple infrared thermal imaging searches, and multiple ground searches, there just still was nothing to be found. And let's just keep in mind that these are three- and four-year-old boys, and that the police were there in less than 15 minutes after the 911 call was placed. Those babies could not have gotten far, and if they were out there and anywhere near that family home, they would have been found by now. On March 6th, police searched a field that was just a few miles away from the West family home, and I'm not sure if someone called in a tip about this field or if it was just something brought on by evidence that the police found, but there was nothing found in relation to the boys in that field either. Police Chief John Walker did an interview and said that both Trezell and Jacqueline were asked to take a polygraph test, but that he couldn't speak on the subject any further, so we don't actually know if they took it or not, and if so, if they passed it or failed it. 
There were also search warrants issued on March 12th to search the adoptive grandmother's house, and, of course, anything that was found or was not found there wouldn't be known to the public either. And there are a few theories that float around about this case up until the last few months, and, of course, one of those being that by the looks of some things and how they just don't add up, it seems like most people believe that the boy's adoptive parents had something to do with their disappearance. People also speculate, like I said before, that maybe the boys had been missing for a lot longer than what Trezell and Jacqueline actually said, that maybe the boys had never even been in that house in California City at all, that something had happened to the boys while the family was still living in Bakersfield, and I can see the reasoning for everyone believing that, because with the Christmas holiday coming up, they would have been kind of forced into reporting the boys missing, because it would have been kind of hard to explain why your three- and four-year-old sons weren't with you while you visited friends and family for the holidays. And me personally, I have always, always, always wondered if the police were able to question the four older kids that lived in the West House about when the time that they last saw Orrin and Orson was. And if the police have questioned them, we would not have known about that either. And from my understanding, the oldest kid that Trezell and Jacqueline had was about 10 or 11 at the time that the boys were reported missing. So I'm sure if they were coached to say something that wasn't true, or if they knew something that they didn't want to say, that the police would be able to tell. Police can usually tell when adults are lying, so I'm sure they can easily tell when a 9, 10, or 11-year-old is lying to them, or even holding something back that they don't want to say. And maybe not necessarily that the older kids would have been coached by their parents to say something, but maybe they knew something that they just didn't want to get their parents in trouble by saying especially the two kids that Trezell and Jacqueline had adopted previously before Orrin and Orson ever came into the picture. Because these kids were in the foster care system also, and foster kids only want one thing. They want loving parents and a safe home. And if Trezell and Jacqueline had been the ones to provide that for them, then surely they wouldn't want to get the only people that had ever loved and kept them safe in trouble. And before I say what the next theory is, I just want to say that Ryan Dean, the boy's birth mother, has been completely cleared and her alibi checks out completely. Naturally, the next theory would be that the boy's birth mother, Ryan, and or their birth father had something to do with the boy's disappearance. But by June of 2020, Bakersfield Police Chief Greg Terry made it very clear that even though it had been a while since the boys had originally been reported missing, that they were still very much in search of the boys. He described what had been done in this investigation so far and up to this point, saying that they had interviewed 88 people, that they had seized over 170 items for evidence, that they had issued 44 search warrants, and that they were still pulling data from all the electronics that they had originally taken. He also said that they had followed up on over 200 tips and searched multiple different areas, and it seems like they were still no closer to finding the boys. The possibility of a stranger abduction is always a real threat, especially with younger kids who may be more trusting of adults, and even if it's an adult that they don't necessarily know. But even though you hear about all these stranger abductions, especially if you're as into true crime as I am, stranger abductions are actually super rare and unlikely. It's actually more likely that a family member or somebody close to the child that the child already trusts is the perpetrator. And the stranger abduction theory doesn't seem to be the theory that most people believe, including myself. There was, of course, a theory that maybe the boys were either taken or sold into into a human trafficking ring, 
Like in a lot of other cases, this theory seems to always pop up. Even after all the theories that floated around the internet, the community of California City, and the Bakersfield community, it still seemed like police were no closer to figuring out what actually happened to Orrin and Orson, and they were no closer to finding them, whether it be dead or alive. That was until March 1st, 2022, when an arrest was made. And it also seemed to come out of nowhere, and it kind of shocked everybody that was following this case. And we all just kind of celebrated in our own way, in hopes that justice would finally come and be served in the boys' case. And would we finally get the question answered of, where are the boys? On March 1st, 2022, Trezell and Jacqueline West were arrested and booked into the Kern County Jail, and they both were indicted with five different charges. The Kern County District Attorney, Cynthia Zimmer, read off that the first indictments were for the murder of Orrin West, the second was for the murder of Orson West, the third indictment was for child abuse against Orrin West, the fourth was for child abuse against Orson West, and finally the fifth count was for the false report of an emergency. And there had actually been a grand jury convened in December of 2021. The grand jury heard a pretty emotional testimony from over 50 different witnesses, and whatever was said during this testimony was enough to convince the grand jury that Orrin and Orson West had potentially been dead for up to three months before that 911 call was ever made to actually report them missing. The grand jury also believed that Orrin and Orson had never actually been to the house that Trezell and Jacqueline West had bought and moved to in California City after their move from their small cramped apartment in Bakersfield. So that's convenient. It's also possible that Orrin and Orson's things were moved from Bakersfield to California City during that move to kind of make things seem more believable. That way, when they did eventually make that 911 call, things would be kind of explainable. But this would explain why the boy's scent was picked up inside the house, but not outside the house. If the boy's things, clothes, and toys had been moved inside the house, that would cause the dogs to hit their scent, but actually not outside because they had never actually been there. So now, the hundreds and hundreds of man-hours that the police had spent looking for the boys, they finally thought that they had enough evidence to prove in a jury trial that Orrin and Orson were both dead, and they must have enough evidence, at least circumstantial evidence, to be able to prove this because the bodies of both the boys have never been found. Jacqueline and Trezell both pled not guilty to all charges, and their arrest has other parents coming forward saying that their kids had also been placed with the West family for them to foster them in 2018 as well. And the lady says that her two boys were actually adopted by the West after the West fostered them in the same way that Orson and Orson ended up in the West house. So now this mother is kind of asking for proof of life. You know, not that there's a lot she can do from there, but she just wants to know that her kids are safe. Both Trezell and Jacqueline's attorneys are kind of talking in circles about how the Kern County DA shouldn't have made the grand jury verdict a public thing, which is normally how a grand jury works. It's kind of a big secret while the grand jury is ongoing until the verdict is made, and then a lot of the times the outcome is made public. And there are a lot of people worried about a few different things when it comes to this murder trial. You know, the publicity surrounding this case is going to make it kind of easy for the West lawyer to argue things like the jury pool being tainted by knowing all the facts of the case already, or things like the term no body, no murder, and even though it's not impossible to win a jury trial with purely circumstantial evidence, it is a lot harder than winning a trial with just cold, hard physical evidence. 
But I just don't see them bringing these charges to Trezell and Jacqueline without so much circumstantial evidence that it would probably make your head spin. The birth family of Orrin and Orson West just want to be able to bring the boys back home, be able to lay them to rest properly, and have a place to go and grieve for the loss of their babies. And that is all for this week. It's been fun. Let's do it again next week. Same time, same place. Next Wednesday. See you then. That's how my mama murdered a podcast.